Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tony Katz. This is Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, uh, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett and I gotta tell you, it's truly amazing the difference that eight years makes. Now, there are a couple of people tuning into the show very likely this evening who would do well to remember the difference that eight years makes. Of course, I'm, I'm talking to many of our Indiana progressive and Democrat friends. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Um, you might pay a little closer attention to the polls right now uh, nationally. And of course, I'm, I'm talking about the polls directly concerning the media push, uh, both to claim that it's actually Trump who's the one with dementia and it's actually Trump who's the one who screwed up the border and it's actually Biden who's coming to save us all on his beautiful white stallion and aviators and um, even the left-leaning polls because, again, all pollsters have a bias just like all journalists and everyone on planet Earth do. Uh, left-leaning polls are really starting to show that not just in a Trump to Biden head-to-head, uh, but in an overall issues-based poll, things are getting really, really bad for the Biden administration. According to a new NBC News poll, Biden only has a 37% approval rating. Uh, those are not um, re-elect numbers, as it said. And in the national head-to-head, Trump is currently beating Biden 47 to 42 uh, the immigration, but it's the GOP's fault. I mean, if we would just work together and, and shucks the doodles, get things across the line, then then everything would be fine. Yeah, that's not working uh, because of two key reasons. Number one, because every voter in this country innately understands that for the last three decades, Republicans have been the ones calling for firmer measures on the border and for stricter immigration uh, fundamental philosophies and policies. And Democrats have not only hosted the progressives who believe in it, deleting the border completely, uh, but also in, as far as immigration reform is concerned, increasing how many people can get into this country and granting total amnesty to those who have entered illegally, which is, again, of course, a slap in the face to the millions uh, of immigrants to the United States who came in the right way. And by the way, whether you're seeking asylum or whether you are going through the process of immigrating into the United States, that classic immigration process, which is a little messed up, uh, you can do so at a port of entry. Um, There are these places uh, between all of the space you're not allowed to cross where they encourage you to cross. They have people sitting at desks ready to help you cross the border. And the average voter understands that key difference. So the sudden uh, kind of Southern strategy flip that Democrats are really trying to uh, push on Americans here ain't working. And we can see that in a couple of different ways. Number one, no one trusts Biden. Uh, His kind of shucksy folksy, hey, there, good natured centrist 90s labor Democrat grandpa. Um, It ain't happening. For one, the president has aged so extremely in his mental state his dementia is getting so bad uh that again according to the polls um the low 30s depending on on which specific poll you're looking at say that uh biden is able to 
handle his own affairs, much less the affairs of the country from a mental state. And that's very different from things in, in 2020. In October of 2020, the same NBC poll stated that uh, which individual between Biden and Trump do you think has the necessary mental and physical health to be president? In October of 2020, Biden was up Trump on one point, a.k.a. people thought uh, Biden was just as good as Trump mentally, if not a little bit better. Now, in January of 2024, Trump is up on Biden 23 points. And for those of you aggressively online people out there who may be saying, but but how? how? I'm, certainly everyone sees that the Biden administration is super duper wonderful. Biden's just as good as he ever was. Uh, no. By the way, here, here's Biden uh, speaking at the Democratic National Convention in 2016. See if you can notice a difference for me. Not only do we have the largest economy in the world, we have the strongest economy in the world. We have the most productive workers in the world. And give it a fair shot, give it a fair chance. Americans have never, ever, ever, ever let their country down. Now that's some powerful speaking. That's coherent speaking. Uh, here's what the president sounded like today. See, see if you out there can follow along and notice a difference. People have fled guilty. You know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Um, so just a quick clarification. And this is for those of you that were able to keep up with the trailing, again, clearly mentally declining state of the president of the United States. Uh, he said that he recently met with Mitterrand from Germany. Uh, guys, Mitterrand was the French president between 1981 and 1995, um, who died in 1996. So again, given Biden's propensity, not only to reference uh, re recently passed away Indiana congresswoman, um, he's also good at referencing uh, conversations he had just the other day uh, with dead French presidents who were apparently from Germany. So super stuff there. As a contrast, to be fair, here was uh, Donald Trump in 2016. I beat China all the time. When was the last time you saw a Chevrolet in Tokyo? When do we beat Mexico at the border? They're laughing at us. So that was Trump in 2016. Here's what Trump sounded like a few days ago. When I'm president, instead of trying to send Texas a restraining order, I will send them reinforcements. Trump allows them to go on and then continues on very much like normal. Uh, Trump sounds pretty much the same as he did in 2016, and Biden, oh dear God in heaven. So good luck, Dems, trying to convince the greater American public, those uh, that usually vote Democrat, that you're trying to get to come out, good luck convincing them that it's actually Trump who's dementia-ridden. Seriously, best of luck to you. Um, as Biden says very awkwardly at times, good luck in your senior year, or whatever that's supposed to mean. Uh, the rest of the world's situation, according to how uh, the voters are viewing them in this NBC poll, aren't looking too good either. Biden's approval on the economy stands at 36 percent, foreign policy approval at 34 percent. And <laughs> because Biden is getting it from both the uh, left 
as far as the Shia Muslim immigrant population in Dearborn, Michigan, who he is desperately trying to win over, as well as many of the uh, secular uh, Jews on his right inside the Democrat Party are no longer supporting him. Uh, Support of voters, uh, how Biden is handling the Israel and Hamas in Gaza war is just 29%. So Again, I'm I'm really looking for the point when this magical media narrative that the Democrats spent all of that political capital trashing uh, from 2020 to 2022. Really looking forward to seeing how that works out for you at this point. Uh, up next, we're going to be talking to Attorney General Todd Rakita. A little bit of an announcement regarding an education program that he hopes brings a little transparency to the state. Uh, after that, a little bit more analysis on the subject, and then. A little segment on equity hires. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. If I've said it once, I have I have said this dozens of times. The biggest problem that conservatives, that Republicans, that independents, really that America at large has is that when there is an issue, especially an issue with the progressive left, in which they do something regarding schools, or they do something regarding the border, or there's some kind of a scandal, you see a news article about it, you see there's a segment on Fox News, you know, comes out, and then everyone forgets about it. And, and it, it fades into the memory of time until you can no longer find the link to the article that showed this was happening at this school. And, and it, just a couple of years later, uh, the progressive left is telling you, well, it never happened. It, it never even was. This has never happened at all. Well, I finally, we're making some progress. A database, a portal is, is coming out from the Indiana Attorney General's office uh, that might provide a little bit more clarity into a record for some of the garbage that's been going on from a lot of different places in Indiana public schools. Attorney General Rakita, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you bet, Tony. Great to be with you. So first of all, tell me about this portal, because when your, your guys first texted me about this a couple of months back, uh, I was shocked just to receive the text. I had no idea that anyone was working on anything like this. Yeah, no, uh, I appreciate that. And um, we take constituent concerns uh, seriously. And we, and Tony, if, if, if your listeners don't know your story, uh, you know, they need to. I mean, you were an Indianapolis public school teacher who called out what was being fed uh, to you to teach your kids, your students. And it was wrong and you stood up and um, you were fired for it or you left. I'm sorry. I don't know what the exact technical. I, I was uh, fired. They, they, yeah. uh, they, I think the final suggestion or the thing the school board said was, while we could fire you for the political stuff because it's a right to work state, we're going to say that we fired you for not attending a Microsoft Teams meeting like, an, <laughs> like a full year ago. Um, I need to post that letter online. It's really funny. But yeah, anyway, please continue. Good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, they were cowards. They were trying to the, the, to to, to sh- uh, hide the real reason uh, for firing you, which was because you honestly called out to parents what was happening to their children. And so the same thing was going on in the attorney general's office in the sense that um, parents were sending me lesson plans. This is around the time when we were 
we were calling out this critical race theory and this social and emotional learning uh, that was being taught to teachers and then teachers to the students. And it was corrupting um, really the, the whole educational experience. It wasn't critical thinking skills that were being taught. It was, it was critical race theory that was being taught. So the opposite of developing critical thinking skills uh, was happening and they were dividing classrooms into the oppressed and the oppressors, which is right out of the Marxist playbook. And at the time, just like your IPS overlords, other principals, school boards, uh, teachers uh, were saying, we don't, that, none of that happens at our school. None of that oh, happens we're, here. We're spotless. We're these yeah. beautiful whited sepulchers. We're yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's just Virginia, you know, where parents are getting hauled out by police out of school board meetings. Put on FBI lists. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I said, well, I'm getting all these. I'm getting all this paperwork in the office and, and parents are sending this into me uh, unsolicited. And so either these parents are part of a, a huge conspiracy and making all this stuff up as the teachers and, and, and principals and school board uh, members would have you believe, or there's really something going on and there's really something going on even in good old Indiana. So we've been collecting uh, these, the, these different submissions, uh, since, you know, for about the last year and a half. And we are now, uh, uh, putting it forward on our website, www.in.gov slash attorney general. And you can see an edit, what we call the education portal. And it lists the school. Uh, it lists what was submitted and it encourages other parents if they're seeing similar things in their school, uh, to send those into us, and 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 we expect it to grow. We already have thirty some submissions. It's not a comprehensive uh, database, right? So it's not like we went in and were able to even analyze every lesson plan and every grade and every classroom and every school. Mm -hmm. It's just what was submitted to us. So we expect this to be a living portal that grows. And um, and then from that, if uh, we have some disputes with uh, that, some schools dispute it. That was actually if, that was uh, my next question. Yeah, if we if we find some real serious uh, legal violations or something like that, so we'll start with uh, more questions. Mm -hmm. uh, but we won't do that in every case. But we will post uh, what you send us as long as we verify that it's actually real. Gotcha. So that's that's a few things there. So to summarize, we're on with uh, Attorney General Rakita, uh, whose office has uh, just launched an education portal, which collects um, different submissions um, that concern parents from public schools uh, that are things like the Indianapolis Public School Gender Support Plan, the gender support plans for uh, like Clark Pleasant Community, New Prairie United, um, the white privilege and uh, CRT documents from Noblesville, things that parents are concerned about. And yep. then your website hosts them for parents to leaf through themselves. Yep. So the, I have a couple of questions on, on this and, and uh, they are perhaps not, not the, the friendliest sorts of questions. So the first of thing that I would think of is um, there are parents who, while they may be well-meaning, I take the Kokomo situation. There was this rumor that went around Kokomo a couple of years ago in which there were litter, they said there are litter boxes in the bathrooms and it was all over social media and uh, I reached out to a, a friend of mine who taught at Kokomo and within about 30 seconds, they told me it wasn't true, but the rumor persisted for like a month or two. What happens when you guys get sent a document from some kind of a school corporation 
and it's it, it's fake. You, you guys may not know that. How do you verify that the document is real and that it originates from that school before it goes online? Well, if we know that it's part of uh, maybe part of some kind of rumor mill or something like that, um, we may place a call to the to the person who submitted it first. And you know, this is what we do at the attorney general's office. We have investigators. We we, we deal with very complex, complicated. Uh, professional licensing issues, so to speak, and 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 tens of thousands of other cases per year. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we really get we can get to the root of a liar, uh, you know, of a fake, uh, pretty sure. easy. But really, it's it's also for self policing. Um, let's say the school, after seeing something on on this education portal, vehemently denies it. You know, it gets through our 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 original check, that kind of thing, and and it's a parent said versus school said thing. Um, we can, we'll post the school's response, uh, up there too. I mean, this is all about transparency in a place where I don't have, and maybe this is one of your questions too, Tony, I don't have a lot of direct jurisdiction. I am not the secretary of education. I'm not the Mm -hmm. governor. I am not a state legislator or lawmaker. I'm not an elected school board member. Um, right. Those are, these are all offices and people that could and should be doing something about this, but it's been crickets around here at the state house. No one's picking up the mantle. And just like the parents bill of rights document, which is now in its fourth volume that you and I've talked about that I started a couple years ago, I did that to help parents to be a guide for parents. It's a, it's a hundred pages of, of very user-friendly questions to empower parents to uh, be responsible for their children, including their education, meaning being able to go smartly into a school board meeting, maybe being able to have constructive dialogue with their teacher, uh, which they may not have ever been taught before. So that's what the Parents' Bill of Rights is. This is the same kind of thing. This is a tool for parents to empower them in their dealings with their own school system so they can better raise their kids, which is their job and not the school's. Gotcha. So, uh, for example, let's say in the the Hamilton Southeastern School District, there was the documentation uh, in their student handbook that talked about microaggressions. Uh, So, you know, that was a big national scandal because that district has a scandal like every other Wednesday. Um, And they say, well, we've actually taken out the microaggression section of the student handbook. Uh, Do you guys have planned like a, a kind of post or maybe a different kind of description under each resource that clears a school after they've removed it. And the reason I ask these questions is because in, from my perspective, the goal of a kind of database like this should be to affect change and the kind of right. documentation that should be included after that kind of change takes place. I, I'm like, right. just general staff going to make those kind of updates? Who's going to, who's well, going to the, write that The way that I've constructed this is that it's transparency. So if the school vehemently denies something that's up there, we will post their denial. I'm not going to go and start investigating schools. Number one, I don't have the uh, statutory authority to, to go in there. But this is going to be a, a portal, a, a transparent portal where, where mm-hmm. uh, we can cut through the rumor mill and people can look at direct lesson plans. Here's a picture of what's being taught their kids. It's, you know, you can go when this portal goes up, which I think by the time this airs, it'll be up. Um, and, and see, hey, this is what's being taught in, in this school, uh, in this grade, that kind of thing. A uh, lot, a lot of examples are up there. If a school says, "Oh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that was from 2022," and because we've heard some from so many parents, for example, we've changed it. Now it's this. 
um, you know, assuming it's a real letter from a school, assuming I, we call the uh, principal back, say, hey, did you send us this letter? Is this from you? We'll post that letter. We'll put that up there because that's good information that people need and parents need to understand, again, to empower them to make the changes they need in their ch children's education. Absolutely. Attorney General Rakita, thank you so much. Again, that is at in.gov slash attorney general, and that's the education portal. Uh, we'll be talking about this probably over the next couple of weeks because I'm sure there will be questions and hit pieces and all of the things that come out. And uh, I, again, I think that a database that shows the examples of things that are right and wrong on either side of the aisle um, in a public school should be public information for parents to find easily without right. having to jump through hoops. So thank right. you very much for coming on. You bet, Tony. Great to be on. Thanks. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIPC. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Tony Kennett Cast here on 93 WIBC. As a reminder, you can catch a lot of our great stuff here on the show, on the podcast, over on Apple Podcast, as well as all of your other major podcast carriers. Uh, that is, by the way, why we call it the Tony Kennett Cast. Um, it's equal parts broadcast and podcast. So uh, there's something that you didn't need to know, but now you do. So uh, I just wanted to take a moment here in this after segment and talk a little bit more about uh, kind of my analysis of the eyes on education portal that the attorney general's office is releasing uh, really as a matter of transparency. Um, I, I re received a, a text from a friend of mine who is a, um, in a, a Democrat elected position in the state. And uh, he, he said, I've seen a lot of comments about this today saying that you're probably going to give him a lot of soft handed questions and just kind of shuffle it on through and uh look i, I get it I, i'm i'm a conservative you know rakita is also a conservative and so there's certainly you know that idea that comes along with it from many critics across the aisle uh but i wanted to take a little bit of time and go in depth a little bit more than perhaps i was able to with the 10 minutes that i had with the attorney general so first of all um I have some good thoughts about the program and then some uncertainties. I can't say that I have some good thoughts and like the bad and the ugly because in order to fully, I say good expectations and then concerns rather than I think it's good or I think it's bad because it hasn't really, it just launched it, it fresh out of the, the web development studio or whatever when they, when they posted it up to the site. So as far as the Indiana attorney general's office, running a, a transparency portal so that people can keep public schools accountable. Here's the good. Uh, Indiana's public schools are taxpayer-funded institutions, many of whom in the last few years have been caught red-handed and undeniably lying to parents. So as for a need for transparency, there are definitive public school districts in the state of Indiana that have been caught and not like, well, we kind of said one thing, but we meant another. I mean, uh, Elkhart, Goshen, IPS, Fort Wayne Community, South Madison, Martinsville, Washington Township, Clark Pleasant, Carmel Clay, Monroe County, Evansville, Vandenberg and Mooresville have all been in situations in which they have told parents something different regarding a gender support plan or racially discriminatory policy through critical race theory and diverse equity and diversity, equity and inclusion. Those are objectively bad things. 
And beside that, there are dozens and dozens more school districts in the state of Indiana that hide things like their gender support plans, which encourage teachers to keep a student's transition away from their parents, either through obfuscation or omission. And that is a difficult policy to find on the school's website. And so a public website in which parents or concerned members of the community can submit artifacts and post those for the community to keep public schools which receive taxpayer dollars accountable is a good thing. Like, by and that is a good thing. It is always good to keep taxpayer-funded agencies um, in the public eye so they can face scrutiny. Now, local newspapers and regional newspapers used to be the ones doing this. They used to do a lot of digging. Uh, but there has not been a local newspaper that I can find in the state that has actually dug around a school district's files or practices in decades. I, seriously, if there, there's someone from like the Courier Times in Newcastle or the Herald Bolton in Anderson or, or the, the, the papers in, in Terre Haute and in Bloomington who like regularly and routinely sift through documents in order to verify the statements from a school board member or an administrator, uh, go ahead and give me an email or a call and I will gladly retract that statement. In the last five years, if you can show me the article where you have revealed some kind of hidden policy that was on the books that no one else knew about. So if the local media is not going to do it, someone has to do it. Number two, the thing that I, I do have good expectations about this is that Rakita was very clear that this is going to use primary sources. And allow me to explain what I mean by actual primary sources. Primary sources are the district's verifiable gender support policy plan. Or like Noblesville, which is having a meeting tonight, Noblesville High School is building a STEM wing. And uh, I have seen some, some uh, architectural drawings, blueprints, which suggest floor plans, which suggest that there's going to be an all-gender restroom. Not like a family bathroom at a hospital. There's just one stall for um, a family, a young family to go into or something. Uh, but an all-gender restroom with lots of stalls. Anyone can go in there. If that can be verified as a primary source, yeah, that should be added to the site. I am glad that we're not just so far taking the rumor mill, like again, as I mentioned in the interview happened with Kokomo and several other things. Oh, there's litter boxes in the bathrooms, um, which was a hoax. And a lot of people were fooled by that. I'm, I'm glad to hear that primary sources are a part of the conversation. Um, here are my concerns. So first of all, I, I would like, I'm withholding some judgment because there is a, a libertarian slash moral agency theory question of who gets the bat. So in the future, um, Attorney General Rakita won't be the Attorney General anymore. Down the line, there will be another Attorney General. And I do not know who, I don't even know at this point, who Todd Rakita is putting in charge of okaying or denying some of the things that are being posted as concerns, either from the left or the right. And anytime that you give a bureaucratic institution power, there is a question of how they are going to use it when your party is not the one holding the gavel or when perhaps a more establishment individual is holding the power, like we see with our current state superintendent. So that's a question that, that I have. Um, I will say that because this is an accountability kind of situation, uh, it's a little different. They're not making policies or uh, regulations uh, as opposed to they're just posting concerns on a public board that have been verified. Um, that kind of tempers that just a little bit. Again, I'm just being very transparent. I don't have like a script. I'm just some prompts and concerns that I've written down and I'm just explaining them live on the air again in just full transparency here on the Tony Kinnecast. Uh, if I were a Democrat or a progressive and I found the diversity, equity and inclusion, the critical race theory and the transgendering children without their parents permission good, 
um, that is technically a subjective and moral argument. Uh, some of those more than others, especially on the social emotional learning front. Uh, social emotional learning in the 90s and the early aughts was a good thing. Uh, originally, social emotional learning was the idea that you would encourage a child to develop socially and neurologically in terms of building good connections towards those who were neurodivergent, aka kids who had ADHD, who were on the autism spectrum, who had Down syndrome, and build those connections with kids in uh, that were neurotypical, aka normal, your, your average run-of-the-mill kid, uh, especially in regard to kids that face trauma. And the reason, by the way, this is, comes from a lot of the no, left, the no Child Left Behind Act is, was reinforcing this kind of a concept, and that was good. Um, Social-emotional learning has become anybody who wants to be a therapist can be a therapist, and some really weird junk going on um, in the social-emotional learning camps. Um, so, again, I just kind of have a question of what if you support that stuff? Do you want your tax dollars going towards scrutinizing something that you don't support? Um, and I guess the answer to that might be public schools are already spending your tax dollars, a lot of them, uh, supporting things that you don't agree with. So uh, I, I'll have to let Rob Kendall tear that specific taxpayer-oriented question about or Hammer or Tony Katz um, because at this moment, I'm, I'm withholding that particular course judgment. So I personally believe that this would best be done, a kind of public database, by a nonprofit organization um, who is keeping track kind of on the state and doing their own investigations and kind of charting a map. Parents Defending Education is a nonprofit that has a national map like this. The problem is the United States is kind of a big country. Don't know if you've heard and that means that's a lot of ground to cover. They don't have the staff to keep that map wholly updated. So you run into the issue that no one is really doing the work, which again is, is what Rakita said. No one's taking up the mantle. So the answer to this, at the moment, I'm cautiously optimistic because transparency is always a good thing. Um, I think that any school who has a policy on the books that is detrimental to the health of a child, like any gender support plan, is objectively bad for children. Um, it is promoting it is promoting openly mental illness and saying that it's good to lean into it, which is very, very dangerous. Um, I think racially discriminatory ideology, again, is also very gross. Uh, so awareness about those things is good. Um, but I am being very open with you guys when I say that I am withholding judgment on whether I am uh, carrying the banner behind this. I, I'm waiting to see how it's implemented because I just wrote a story a couple of months ago about an Arizona program for school choice, which was implemented horribly. Policies are one half the content of the policy and one half who executes the policy. So in this case, a program, not a policy, um, I think that Rakita's team can do a pretty good job and hold public schools accountable. Uh, but at the same time, I, I need to see it. So that all said, up next, we're going to be talking about one of the magical parts of diversity, equity and inclusion, diversity hires. And you're not going to want to miss it because one of these video clips is just spectacular. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. 
Uh, sometimes it's really good to state the obvious because uh, I had kind of a natural talent that got me in a lot of trouble when I was in high school. And that was uh, I would often say the thing that everyone was thinking but didn't say. Um, and sometimes that was great. And sometimes that got me sent to the office. And um, while I was, you know, meditating in my detention state, um, I didn't necessarily uh, think that what I had said was wrong. There are just times to say certain things. One of the things that everyone has been thinking over the last couple of years, that is those of us who um, go to work and come home and try to enjoy a small semblance of life amongst our Hoosier friends, is that equity hires don't work. Equity hires don't work. Hiring someone because of their color or because of their gender is a disgusting and disastrous a disastrous move. Now, why? Why is that so bad? The, the left often counters that, well, don't you want diverse? Don't you want like a diverse organization of people of many different blah, 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 blah. And they start talking about how wonderful it is if you look over a crowd and I, I guess all like white dudes look the same. And so it's like 800 guys named Norm, and that's like the bad thing. That's what Republicans want, a bunch of white guys named Norm that's like the whole crowd at any kind of event. And the left idea is that there are exactly the same number of every single color and gender and sexuality. And like that, it makes it really wonderful. Like like you're plating a, a dish on Master Chef. It needs the right number of elements for everything. Uh, the problem is the idea of valuing someone based on immutable characteristics i.e. things they can't change, like their skin color um, or their genitals. At least I miss a time when people weren't changing things so absolutely silly. Valuing those things it was considered gross. This is what the United States learned through the 60s uh, through the 80s. That at least that was supposed to be the thing that we all learned. And uh, now we're back to hiring people because of their skin color or their genitals again. And the problem is when you consider the achievements of people and you start matching the achievements of people with the immutable characteristics of people, you run into a really, well, first of all, you run into a really common sense issue because it looks really weird and disgusting. Uh, but then you also start to encourage the wrong sorts of things in education, which is one of the things that originally set me off as, as an educator is watching students be told that they were virtuous or horrible because of the color of their skin. So I'm going to walk you a little bit down uh, the lane of history here and talk about a guy that, that has really in inspired me a lot. Um, and there's a guy named Elijah McCoy. So Elijah McCoy was such a brilliant icon in American history um, that he is the source of one of the most popular phrases or memes of uh, the late 1800s and early 1900s. If you've ever used the phrase the real McCoy, whether something is the real McCoy or not, that comes from Elijah McCoy. Uh, because his items that he invented and developed and produced were so good that they were, you know, is this the real McCoy or is this just garbage? Well, Elijah McCoy was black. That doesn't really matter to the story. Elijah McCoy is just a brilliant inventor. Uh, and that really should be how the stories that we tell children go, that in the United States, it is what you do, what you produce, what you bring to the conversation that is more valuable than the color of your skin or what's in your pants. Now, uh, allow me to provide you with a little bit of an example on, on how the left value uh, achievements versus characteristics. Uh, President Donald Trump appointed the very first openly gay cabinet member in the U.S. history. What was his name? 
Uh, can any can any of you out there tell me uh, the the first openly gay member of uh, the cabinet of the president uh, Donald Trump appointed? What was his name? Okay, maybe you can't tell me his name. What position did he hold? No takers. Uh, it's Richard Grenell, and he was the uh, director of national intelligence. Uh, it didn't matter uh, who he liked per se because he just did his job, and he was known as uh, Director Grenell. That was the the idea when he was uh, when Trump appointed him as acting director of national intelligence. However, the left isn't doing that. The left is all in on the diversity, equity, and inclusion, and and how important and how historic someone is is because of who they like to sleep with and what color they are and what gender they are and all this other nonsense. So on January 30th, Biden tweeted out, or whoever runs Biden's account tweeted out, the Democratic voters of South Carolina are the reason I'm president. Kamala Harris is a historic vice president, and Donald Trump is a defeated former president. Let's do it again. Why is Kamala Harris historic? Is Kamala Harris historic because she's black, because she's a woman? Is that really what gives her value to the position? Because she will openly tell you, yes, that's why she's valuable. First time a woman of color in the seat of the vice president. Okay, but what have you brought to the position? And the same with Karine Jean-Pierre. She says, I'm, I'm a historic press secretary because I'm a, a black lesbian. Why? Why? What are you bringing to the position that actually matters? If someone comes to do work on my house and they start to, and I ask them, you know, well, how, how are you at roofing? How are you at electrical? And instead they start hitting me up with who they've slept with and what color they are. I'm going to have some concerns. As a lot of people have started having concerns due to the hiring practices at places like Boeing, which are making planes that fall out of the sky. When you start attributing your color, your sex, etc. to your status, you start to use it as a cover for your mistakes. And this is the real key issue here. We're starting to see instances in which people don't want to own up to mistakes they made, like former Harvard president Claudine Gay, who was caught plagiarizing a bunch. And, and everyone came out and said, oh, this is just racism. Uh, obviously, it's important that she's president because she's black and because she's a woman, and that's wonderful. Danny Willis, the district attorney out of Atlanta, who was caught funneling money to the guy she uh, hired to prosecute former President Trump, you know, going on cruises on taxpayer money. Uh, she said, you cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. We need to be allowed to stumble, end quote. Why? If I made a mistake in your position, I would rightly be thrown out with the next morning's garbage. But if you have the right kind of skin color then I guess it's okay. Here is uh, Chicago. what Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson said uh, today, that um, he was aggravated about being asked about immigration because uh, he said <laughs> that he has a black wife and three black kids. He said, I'm busy doing that. You've never had a mayor that looked like me before, he said, in response to an immigration question about the border, because that's, that's I guess, the, the real concern. I mean, what does that make Lori Lightfoot before him? Like, Cuban? Wasn't she also black? I'm, I'm confused. At what point do we stop caring about what color a person is, what magical set of whatever in their pants they have, and start considering their achievements, you know, like the civil rights movement was supposed to accomplish? Thanks for joining this evening on the Tony Kinnick cast. We'll see you tomorrow on the podcast and live stream. Take care.